Hello and welcome to this episode on the Broken Vessels Mended by God podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm a teacher of God's Word and I'm so glad you joined me today. In this series of podcast episodes, we have been looking at hope in the Psalms. And hope is needed today now more than ever before with all the chaos going on in the world. So I'm glad that you're here and I hope that you have a Bible ready to go or a Bible app open. Grab a comfortable chair and your favorite beverage and Let's dive into God's Word as we look at hope in the Psalms. In our last lesson, we looked at Psalm 83, which was written as a model prayer for Christians. This week, we're going to look at this beautiful poem, Psalm 91. It's a poem from David, King David, about abiding safely in the presence of God. Is that timely or what? Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. That's perfect for Christians today, isn't it? We can look around us and see so much fear and trepidation and uncertainty that it's nice to know that we can look to the scriptures for hope because it never changes. It is truth that we can rely upon. It is our standard, our norm, our fortress, our refuge. Why is it important for Christians to constantly remember the promises of God? Think about that. Now, as usual, before we start diving into scripture, I like to make sure we keep it in proper context. And you can do that by asking the journalistic questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how? Who? Most scholars believe this psalm was written by David. What? Psalm 91 may refer to pestilence mentioned in 2 Samuel 24, verses 13 through 15, where God responds to King David's sin of numbering God's people. Where was it written? Probably in Jerusalem. How? It's in written as a poem. It's in the form of a poem written to remind the people of God of his promises of protection and safety from disease, beasts of the field, evil spirits, and wicked men. Why was it written? It was written to remind God's people to always reflect on the promises of God during great times of judgment and trials. And when was it written? It was written during King David's reign. So now that we have this scripture in its proper context, we can continue studying. Safely abiding in the presence of God. That's the theme of this passage of scripture. This psalm was written out of fear of God, but respectful fear of God. We know from studying about David, he he had a very close and personal relationship with God, and this psalm reflects that. He feared God and respected him. Please read in your Bible 2 Samuel 24, 13 through 15. It says, So Gad came to David and told him, and he said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land, or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you, or shall there be three days plague in your land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. So David has judgment from God via the prophet Gad, who came to David with a message from God about this judgment. David had sinned by numbering God's people. So God is giving him a choice. 
you want seven years of famine, three months of fleeing your enemies, or three days of plague in your land. David was greatly distressed because uh, he knew that he had sinned, but he also knew God's mercies were great. So he said to Gad the prophet, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. God offered David three things. Now imagine God asks you how you want to be punished for your sins, and he gives you three choices. Wow, how would you choose? Well, King David chose pestilence, the plague, after he begged for mercy, because he knew that seven years of famine would greatly affect hundreds of thousands of people. Three months of being chased by the enemy would affect him and his men, but he thought maybe three days of the plague, maybe that would be a little bit more merciful. But as a result, 70,000 of his men died. Now, I can't see how many people have died as a direct result of my sins. God has spared me that horrible, horrific sight. But I know people have died because of my sin, because that's what Paul wrote in Romans 6. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what we earn by sinning is death, and not only our death, but the deaths of others and all creation. Now David witnessed this so many times in his life, yet David never cursed God or called him cruel or mean or hated him whenever God pronounced judgment and men died. How did David respond when he found out that plague had stricken his men? He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now, was that how you would respond if you knew, if God had showed you that 70,000 people died as a direct result of your sins? Is that how I would respond? I have no idea, but we can learn so much from David's response. King David said, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid by the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. King David, a leader of God's people, led by example. He taught the people to turn to God when hard times came. He reminded the people that it would be God who would punish them and, at the same time, protect them. Like a mother bird protects her chicks, God himself will cover us with his wings. And what a beautiful portrait of God that is. Now be honest, is that how you see God at times? Sometimes we do see God as cruel. And I must confess, I, I do. I used to work in the criminal courthouse, and I would see some of the horrible things that God would allow men to do to other people. But then I read Psalm 91. And I'm reminded of how merciful God is to us. And David understood this too. Notice how David refers back to that warrior language that we read in other Psalms in this uh, podcast series. He said, 
His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Why do you think David used warrior language here? It could be because David's men were encamped out in the field and had just endured battle. David knew the pestilence would move among them while they slept, just like the enemy would. A shrew enemy always attacked at night while the men slept. Ever the poet, David used figurative language to make his point. He knew that's probably how the disease would attack them. You have probably heard that nighttime is when a lot of us are attacked spiritually. Our minds start to take, you know, a different course and we start to have nightmares or flashbacks and anxiety happens mostly at night in the darkness when we allow our thoughts to get the best of us. David explained that God would be both our shield that protects our body from arrows and the buckler which protects the arm that holds the sword in face-to-face -face combat. God's protection over us is sufficient. He wrote, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. King David reminded his men and us that if we stand and dwell with God, who is our refuge, we will be safe. But if we run off somewhere else, we are in danger. Now do you think when his men heard that this pestilence was coming, that their temptation to run away and hide was real? I do. I mean, that's only human nature, right? We would want to run and hide for our lives. Now think about you. What do you do when hard times come? Do you want to run and hide? Or do you stand and dwell with God the Most High? Do you ask Him to be your refuge and fortress during these scary times? That's something to think about, isn't it? David wrote, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. Life Application So how do we apply all that we've learned so far in Psalm 91? Well, when hard times come, and they do come, and the evil one attacks us, we would be wise to stand and dwell with God, who is our refuge. Now, I love to run, both literally and figuratively. I've mentioned in previous studies how I'm impatient, and I love to run up ahead and sign up for things or volunteer for things and register for things, only to find God is not there. And then I stand alone, wondering what happened. Well, if you do that during battle, uh, if you go rogue, as they call it, that's mortally dangerous to you. A soldier or marine is most vulnerable when alone in battle. That's why they stay together in squads. It's the same with God. When we run off and we try and do things alone, without his protection, without abiding in him, then we are vulnerable to the attacks of the evil one. So this psalm really spoke to me about that. What about you? How has Psalm 91 spoken to you so far? Is it always wise to reflect on what God is telling you as you read his word? I think so. Not long ago, I had the chance to sit in our chapel at work. I work at a Christian university, and I prayed. 
And as I was praying there, I encountered a young student named Jeremiah. And he asked what I was doing there. And I said, oh, I'm praying. I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my family. And I'm praying for myself. And I asked him, what are you here for? And he confessed that he was struggling with spiritual warfare. And he only had a few more days left of the school semester. And then he was going to go off on a mission trip. And he had strong desires to just quit school. He was frustrated and disappointed. And he did not want to come back to school. Now, next to him, I saw a Bible. And I asked him, have you ever been to San Diego? And he explained that he was toying with the idea of this mission trip in June. They were going to San Diego. And I said, well, if you go, try and visit the USS Midway. You can tour this amazing aircraft carrier that used to be the headquarters for the first Gulf War. And of course, in, in other wars as well. I went on to explain to him that during the tour, they take you to the map room where the generals ran the war. And all the maps that are on the wall show where the enemy was and where hundreds of anti-aircraft guns were stationed all over Iraq. And I was amazed when I saw just how many guns there were. Now, my husband had served during the first Gulf War and he worked for a squadron of A6 intruders. And they were the ones who flew hundreds, if not thousands of those sorties during and over Baghdad when the war first started. And so when I saw the map with hundreds of anti-aircraft guns all over the place, I was amazed that not one plane in the squadron that my husband worked in was shot down. Now I told Jeremiah it was imperative for the soldiers and Marines and pilots to stay in constant contact with headquarters because these pilots could only see what was in front of them, but the generals at headquarters could see the entire battlefield and where the enemy was. Therefore, the generals could tell the pilots and the Marines and the soldiers which way to go and which way not to go because the enemy was there. And it's the same with us. I explained to him as I pointed to the Bible next to him. Stay in constant contact with your Heavenly Father who loves you. Take up the sword and keep going. And together, Jeremiah and I prayed. We prayed for him and his spiritual warfare. We prayed for all the GCU students there and for my son. And we prayed for me and the spiritual battle that I was having. Now you and I, we are always in battle. And so we would be wise to stay in contact with God. Because God sees the entire battlefield and knows where the enemy lies waiting to attack us. We can only see what's in front of us. That's it. Now this young man, Jeremiah, he had forgotten that our enemy is already defeated. We face a defeated enemy, thanks to Jesus. Satan is a conquered foe. We suffer from the spiritual attack only when we forget who we are in Christ and that Satan is already conquered. And you read this in Romans 8, Ephesians 2, Philippians 3, and 1 John 3. David had written in Psalm 91, For God will put his angels in charge of you to guard you in all your ways. So that's why we need to be in constant contact with God through prayer, thinking about him always, talking with him throughout the day, reading his word, studying his word, applying his word, and telling others about his word. And that's the thing about this pandemic going on right now 
is a lot of churches aren't able to gather together, so a lot of Christians aren't able to gather together. So sometimes God can become abstract. But when we tell others, when we tell each other what God is doing in our lives, and the meaningful things that are happening, and the answer to prayer, and we, we talk about how God is helping us work through these struggles, then God becomes real again, not this abstract thing. And that's the importance of always telling others about what God is doing in your life. It makes God real to them. So we can apply what we have learned so far in Psalm 91 by remembering who we are and who our God is. David wrote, In the angels' hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now this is the verse that Satan had quoted incorrectly when he had tempted Jesus in the wilderness. The proper context of this verse is how God protects us when we dwell with him in safety. When we go astray or go rogue, we are most vulnerable. Remember who the author of Psalm 91 is. David was the shepherd king, and he had seen with his own eyes what happens when the sheep went astray. They were killed by the beasts of the field. Although we are in a covenant with God, God knows that we will test the promises and sometimes go astray. But here God explains the results of our dwelling with him constantly. Like the soldiers and marines in battle, when they stayed in contact with headquarters and moved together, they had more success than when they went rogue and took their chances. We would be wise to always stay with God. King David wrote, Because he has set his love upon me, and therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That was God speaking to David. We know our God's name. We call upon him in good and bad times, and we experience salvation repeatedly. Take time today to reflect on God and praise him for all the times he delivered you and restored you when you did go astray. I know he has restored me from the many times I've gone astray. We serve a loving and holy father who conquered death for us once and for all. Like King David had written, let us make God our refuge and live to serve him and praise him. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today where we looked at Psalm 91. I pray that you've been encouraged and blessed. And next time we'll dive deeper into hope in the Psalms because today we need hope more than ever before. So stay in God's Word and stay near God. And until next time, God bless.